Welcome to Die Hard Minute, the podcast where Movies by Minutes hosts enhance, enhance, enhance the 1988 Christmas classic Die Hard, one lousy minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean German, from Groundhog Minute, the Groundhog Day podcast coming soon. I'm one of your other hosts, Dave Palace. I'm from Five Minutes of Mystery, the only podcast that covers mystery men five minutes at a time. And I gotta say, these are nice. These are like executive chairs or something like that. It's a nice boardroom. Yeah, yeah. This is really swanky. It's uh, nice to see how the uh, the upper crust sit. Yeah. Adjustable chain. All right. Well, until we get kicked out of this building by security or aroused from this boardroom, we're here to talk about Minute 78 of the movie Die Hard. And I'm just going to jump right into it. Go, go. What Minute, what, what minute 78 is going to be best known for is the classic line, tell me you got that. I got it. I got it. Uh, eat your heart out, Channel 5. <laughs> it's so fun. We've been listening to that line for weeks now. And mm-hmm. to be there to actually like, now we can cover it. It's a treat. Yeah. With our, our, our buddy Richard Thornburg is is laying it out. And he's, um, I mean, even for a journalist, showing an unusual lack of concern for anyone who was in or near that building. <laughs> he just wants to know, did we get the shot? <laughs> what a what a wonderful human being this man is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know from his microphones, they, they're picking up the cops screaming in pain. Like mm-hmm. they heard the explosion, they heard the screams, they heard like every they heard like straight up war happen outside that building's lobby. And yeah, he is concerned with like, I cannot wait to put this to like put this on the live. It's like, this is going to be, this is going to be my like, uh, you know, our Emmy Pulitzer uh, awards. That's all he's thinking of right now. Oh yeah. He's already planning his accept- acceptance speech. I know there's a, a Pulitzer or a Peabody or something that, that goes on. Um, and he doesn't really have anything to do with it. Like this part, it's, it's the cameraman. It's like, tell me we got it. Like, what do you mean? We white man? Like, no, I got it. The cameraman got it. You were just standing around. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at least he says we. He doesn't say I. You know, tell me I got it. At least, you know, so I guess he is thinking about the team, you know, his 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 team from the, the news station. Certainly yeah. not thinking about the, you know, yeah, the, the, the SWAT team that got shot out at the knees or anyone who might have been blowed up with uh, the third floor of Nakatomi Plaza or anything. Uh so what's good here is at least with all the smoke now after the devastation is you see some of the SWAT running back now. So they're finally able to retreat uh, uh, with cover with the smoke. But yeah, I mean, everyone is just shocked. And like, yeah, you could see like there's there. You got the dead. You got you got dead cop. Um, the armored car is like still there. But I think there's I mean, you see a body on top. You see another body down by the stairs. So I don't think like the I don't think maybe maybe what happened is the rocket either a punched through and then exploded mm-hmm. um, and blew the hatch up too with the guy or b like they were also killed by just concussion blast alone like you know th- essentially like as if somebody boxed your ears but on like a horribly massive scale so you just see that dev- yeah that devastation there yeah I gotta think even if it wasn't a direct hit. Which it, which it was, but uh, actually twice, yeah. So even if it's not a direct hit, anyone who's inside that thing, yeah, was 
inside that RV when that blast goes, the, the yeah, just the the blast, the uh, the concussion is going to take you out. Yeah, those cops are. I mean, LAPD SWAT. I'm sure they were. They you know they've been shot at with guns and they probably got like Molotovs thrown at their trucks. So like you know I I saw a couple of those SWAT shows where they have like an armored car. And most of the time, the armored car is used as essentially a giant transport battering ram where it's like they'll put like some kind of like, oh, it's like a giant battering ram on the front. And its whole job is to drive right at the front door. And just if the, if the front door, the front part of that building is reinforced in any way, they just put a hole in it. And then, you know, there's an entire hole there in the building. So they're probably used to doing, you know, stuff like that with like maybe – you know, some like little town militia in the area, mm-hmm. but they were never ready for someone to have military grade, you know, European uh, army uh, you know, rockets that, I mean, these are like some serious recoilless rifles. This isn't like, these aren't like just like cheap Afghanistan uh, things too. Like the, the fact that it's got bolted in and it's like, it's just, it's just serious hardware. But now it's all destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. This was, yeah. Serious hardware that's all destroyed. And then we cut to uh, so speaking of journalism and the news, we kind of we get the uh, sort of video feed, the you know kind of a pixelated CRT nineteen eighties uh, low def view of the action on the ground, and then cut to uh, a young svelte looking Hans Gruber. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So Gail reports on uh, they're able to get information. And I'm guessing that was also, you know, that's from what they got off the radio of Hans Gruber. And yeah, I, I love I love his hair. Like, I, I, it's like they must have like really matted it down because like, <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't look fashionable at all. He looks he looks like he almost looks like a bum. He's just like he's got this like this big coat on and stuff, but he is drinking espresso. So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, got he this yeah, R2-D2 looking dome of a coffee maker next to him and that's kind of like really the only picture they have of this guy is getting coffee oh holy crap that actually does say something okay all right all right okay so 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 you got you got hans and he likes to wear john phillips suits he likes to be very classy in his appearance that's probably why like they probably had like an undercover or somebody like see him at a cafe and they probably so she mentions volksfrei I don't speak German, but the best I can figure is, is they say it's Western German group and Volksfrei. All I know is Volks means people. So it could be anywhere from like, maybe these are like small, this, this, this group is like a terrorist. Maybe like they blow up a, a farm that they say like, doesn't raise the animals well, or maybe some bank or something, you know, cause it's holding money from the people. I think it's more, it's, they're probably anti-capitalist, but I don't know if they're exactly socialist cause they don't say East German, but that makes so much sense now because they say like he's he's been expelled from the group, and yeah, it's like he's drinking this nice coffee. Maybe that's the thing is that like that's his like that's his vice. You know, he leaves the group. He says, "Oh, I must go somewhere," and he goes off and he gets like this nice coffee, and like they start tracking his pattern. That's how I got a picture of him. You know, like to him, you know, he doesn't think about it, but they're like, "Hey, is that is that Gruber? Is he from that Volksfrei movement?" And they got a picture of him at this nice coffee machine because he's he's a uh, you know, he's a stickler for uh, for uh, a nice cup of coffee as long as a nice suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That that all makes a lot of sense. I, I buy every minute of that. I mean, that could be the tell more do talking, <laughs> but 
Oh, hold on, I got to pour more sherry. Keep it down. Keep it down with the uh, the glass and the cubes there. We don't want to alert security. I know they got good taste in this building. What can I say? Yeah, definitely. I gotta I gotta recommend anyone uh, out there listening if you're if you're gonna break in and surreptitiously surreptitiously record a podcast in the Fox Building. Uh, you definitely want to get up to the executive suite on the the thirty third floor. That's where they uh, that's where they keep the good stuff. <laughs> so this is interesting. So there, uh, so this this group, the 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 folks free, they're denying. This is like he's like the ISIS to Al Qaeda. I don't even remember like when ISIS first popped mm. up. Al Qaeda was like, oh, we want nothing to do with those. You know, those guys are crazy. Like we're we're bad, but those guys, you know, we want nothing to do with them. Like so, this is. You know, even the terrorists look down on like, wow, that guy's that guy's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, I'm sure now, like that. I'm sure news of this is because this is this is in the middle of the night, in L.A. But like, maybe now it's hit the networks. Like, you know, they're broadcasting it. So like, yeah, people in Europe, maybe like in the Lon- like London news right now, and like Berlin news, like they're saying like, hey, uh, you know, this this known German terrorist is uh, blowing up this building here, and he's shooting police. And so, like all the yeah, you know, all like the, the oh, yeah. all the groups around there in, in London, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, we do not want the police after us right now. Oh boy, we gotta gotta step away. It's Christmas, man. We piss off the cops. We are sure, yeah, it's, we are it's, up the creek. Because what Germany is ten hours, like eight or nine or ten hours ahead of L.A. So it's like maybe it's yeah it's like eight nine people are waking up they're they're turning on the radio they're reading the morning paper they're seeing hey what's going on and then it's like oh hans i knew that guy hans was no good gruber uh i told you i told you see and this you know they're like we're gonna lay low we're gonna have a nice quiet christmas we don't want any part of whatever craziness this guy's getting into yeah i i think i think looking now we see hans here and his plans i definitely know that he joined them and Hans knew first in that he was probably smart, you know, or at least he believes he's smarter than everyone in that group. And he had like, he's like, so he probably learned a few things. He probably learned a few things about smuggling, probably learned a few things about maybe like who to contact for arms deals. But probably this group was more like, yeah, they said they're probably like small time. Like, oh, we're going to rob a, a bank be- and like and burn all the money or we're going to. You know, we're going to we're going to uh, uh, blow up a farm tractor yeah, because the yeah. animals are mistreated. He's like, I'm going to make <laughs> billions like this is this is petty. This is yeah. he's like, I'm, I I have way better tastes than all of you. And that's and they're probably like, OK, yeah, you're you're right. too wild card. You're too or maybe com- they just you know, think maybe he's just a sellout here. They're like, man, remember when terrorism used to mean yeah. something like we were in it for the terror. And now Hans is he's just all about the money. Like, man, you've changed. <laughs> that's a good point yeah he could have he could have like done some hostage stuff with them and they're like no you got to help free this and that and he's like yeah mm, i'm gonna yeah. take the money and run he's just like you know what um yeah i'm not you know there's there's no I- ideological purity here there's no message it's just all about the money um i kind of wonder and, and i know dave you're you're kind of my expert my go-to diehard guy for for background information yeah is there anything in the in the books or anything like, uh, you know, an, or, what's the origin story for Hans? Like, was he was he like ideological, you know, 
starry eyed youth at one point. And maybe I kind of, I imagine there's like an American, uh, American history X like arc where like he, you know, he was in it for the cause. Like he really believed and maybe he like got, you know, and he's, you know, he's hanging out with all his other terrorist buddy and he looks around and he's like, wait, you know, these guys, they're not, you know, they're not blowing up the right buildings. They're, they're dealing with the enemy. Like what's going on here. And then he's like, just, just forget it. I will tell you. So, Reading the novel, this this movie is night and day different than the novel. And the big one of the biggest differences is the motive of the bad guys in the novel. In the novel, the the Claxon company is you find out they are bad. Like Nakatomi isn't really bad. Like we all have our theories about the Barabons and like what Nakatomi does, but like there's no hard evidence of like they do bad stuff. Like best we can tell, mm-hmm. they build interesting buildings around the world. So and 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 this book though it's it takes place in the seventies and we have this oil company in te- and it takes place uh, I believe in Texas either Dallas or Houston I think it's Houston and this Claxon Oil um, you find out yeah the company does bad stuff and so the terrorists though actual terrorists actual terrorists like like the the guy who be, who then I think is Ant- yeah the Anton Gruber who eventually become or Tony Gruber that becomes eventually Hans in the movie. He is an actual terrorist, and he wants to do is actually expose Claxon because they are essentially funding um, mm-hmm. gorilla gorillas in South America because they made a deal with them that if they overthrow the government, they'll let them have the refineries and stuff. So you have the oil companies starting civil war in other countries to get better oil profits out of them. And so – and you find out that like everyone's in on it, even – uh, John's daughter in the in the book. It's his daughter, and it's really it's really depressing. Like I do not really? recommend people read it honestly because like like you have to be a real not only a diehard ex like diehard like fan and expert. You have to like really have a stomach for it because it wasn't fun to read. Like you're reading it just depressed. Like it's it's an older cop who like he keeps thinking about his daughter and all he sees her doing. He like he sees her like that she's shacking up with Alice and he's like he does. Like she's he says like she's like super thin now because all she does is like you know she's got like she does blow now, like it's it's like really depressing and 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 even in the end of the book she she gets pulled out she gets pulled out of the building and and so the character Joe is like kind of like shocked like he Han the Hans character's dead the the the, the company that he that was he's trying to save these people and they're all complicit in essential like civil war. Uh, in, in foreign countries. And I think the only thing he does is he tries to burn the building <laughs> down himself, actually, right. because he kind of wants to bury the evidence at this point. Like, he wants to bury the evidence of his daughter and the other people. Because at this point, it's like, right. I have to do something that looks good. Because, because like, because he kind of, like, smirked at himself because there was actually female terrorists in the book. And he smirked at how, like, he felt bad because the one didn't look much older than his daughter. But by the third one, he's like, man, I'm getting really good at this. Like, he's like, it's really, yeah, it's like, it's, it's I tell you, man, it's a weird, it's a weird book. And I think I might talk about this in another minute later down the line. But like, yeah, like there is an Al Powell character. There is a Dwayne character. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not, you're not, you don't have the same feelings at all you do at the end of this movie. And this is, this movie hands down is better than the book. It's one of those few times where, the movie is definitely better than yeah. the book. It's, it's, uh, it's, I might, I, might it's ch- I haven't day. read the book. I might, I might check it out, um, even despite that 
Less than sterling recommendation. It's interesting because it it sounds like the the movie takes a very it's, typical yeah. movie ending, and the book takes. Um, well, I can think of it. There's a lot of other examples where where the where the book has a more, even if it's you know it doesn't have as much of a happy ending or it isn't as straightforward. It isn't as clear cut happy as. As the movie, where the movies, even if the movie's complex, the endings are generally simple. And, um, you know, there's some damage done and not everyone walks away um, from, you know, from from this confrontation. But for the most part, it's it's a happy movie. John and, and Holly are reunited and Argyle gets out and and Carl's OK. Um, Winslow, not not Carl the terrorist. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, it's a straightforward, <laughs> happy kind of ending. And I could I could see where where in a book you can have more more complexity that that that, that has the potential to be interesting. So yeah, I'm, I might read the book. I'm I'm literate. I can I can read. It, it's called yeah. It's called Nothing Lasts Forever, and it's by Roderick Thorpe. Um, I know like you can also find it at bookstores, and probably they probably may retitle it Die Hard. But um, yes, yeah, because mm-hmm. I know when I bought yeah. the book, it was it's a Die Hard formally titled Nothing Lasts Forever. So they. And actually, it actually has like the outside of Nakatomi and like the the channel news vans and stuff. So like they obviously like repurposed the book after the movie. Yeah. Well, and I probably got I got to make sure that I find like the original book because I imagine there's a novelization of the movie that just kind of follows more closely this version. Uh, I I never found if there was. It's tough. It's kind of tough to find novelizations because they just said they like, read the book by Roderick Thorpe. I read the novel that I never. There was a I, I never read the original script. I know I read the novelization of Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I read the novel that eventually became uh, Die Hard Two. Uh, Die Hard. I think that was called Ninety Three or Ninety Four Minutes. <laughs> Sounds like a good name for a podcast. Yeah, that was because um, because that, that's what it was. I think it's the lines in the movie. I think Major Grant says it to him. It's like your wife's plane's got like ninety minutes of fuel left or something. Ninety three. Oh, oh, I see. It's uh, it's fifty eight minutes. Fifty eight minutes. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I just went. Yeah, just shoot. If you shoot over to Amazon, folks that are listening, if you search for Die Hard book, it comes up. Yeah, Roderick Thorpe. Nothing lasts forever. Parentheses. The book that inspired the movie Die Hard. So even yeah, you don't. I mean, if you remember Nothing Lasts Forever, you can search for that. But even if you just search for Die Hard, that comes up. And then yeah, fifty eight minutes. Parentheses basis for the film Die Hard Two by Walter Wagner. So this is like a completely different book, a completely different author, nothing related. But we stick Bruce Willis in it, and suddenly it's Die Hard Two. Yeah, that one's a lot. That's a lot closer. There is a, there is a Colombian terrorist coming in and stuff like that. So hey, it, come, right. come Die yeah, Hard Two minutes. Uh, I'm more so than happy then to talk back about to it. the I'll, minute I'll hand. We wrap up. We we get back to our our cop pals. We get away from our terrorist cop duo of, of Hans and John, and we're back with John and Carl Winslow. And John is wondering, is the building on fire? Now, does this mean, was it, did, does this mean like, did he want the building to be on fire or is he just curious? Because that's one thing, like if the building's on fire, maybe he thinks, oh, that'll force them, they'll have to evacuate. Like the terrorists will have to leave to get out of that building that's on fire. I think it's it's like a pang of guilt. It's mm-hmm. like you did something and you're like, oh, geez, like because he can't see from where he at. He he knows that like he just blew up part of the building. And I said and, and Al lets him know that he got two with that blast. But 
but yeah, I think he, I think it's more of a guilt thing. Like, oh god, did I mess up? Like, is the building on fire? Because he's like, I don't want to cause worse injuries. He's like, do have hostages in here? Um, yeah, there are in- innocents around, but uh, but no, it's it's not on fire, but it's going to need a paint job. <laughs> doors <laughs> and a S load of screen doors. I love that idea because I love in my mind, like I love the week after this movie where in the in the universe where it's like there's a bunch of just screen doors is attached and the entire third floor just wind just comes in and yeah. out like like LA yeah. um we call it like LA like fog and and smog just the entire the third floor just smells like an ashtray at, at all times <laughs> that's you, you you paint a picture with words all right speaking of pictures uh so anything else for minute 78 uh no, I'm just about out of minutes and just out of booze here. Yeah. All right. Well, so folks, we're gonna cut out. We're gonna look for a, another conference room or or executive office that has a liquor cabinet. But until then, uh, Dave, if folks want to drink along and hear more from you, where can they do that? You can find me over at uh, five minutes of mystery dot com. Um, talking about Ben Stiller and Hank Azaria and. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Rush is the evil Casanova Frankenstein, who he's a beautiful Hans Gruber when it comes to the superhero world. He's very maddening in his plans. Uh, and yeah, soon I'll be working with Sean over at Groundhog Day Minute. Yeah, yeah. So I, I encourage folks to check that out. Uh, Mystery Men, one of my favorite movies. I think there are a, a lot of parallels between Casanova Frankenstein and, and Hans Gruber as as antagonists, as, as movie bad guys. So uh, check out that podcast and, and hear all about it. And you can hear me, as as Dave said, in the upcoming Groundhog Minute. And you could also hear me at Spinal Tap Minute that I did with with my wonderful co-host, Heidi Bennett. And you can find that at SpinalTapMinute.com. And if you'd like to learn more or join the conversation about this movie, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Die Hard Minute, on Facebook at the Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo and on the website diehardminute.com. All right, folks, we'll stay safe. Smoke them if you got them. And we'll see you next time for Die Hard Minute. Die Hard Minute. <laughs>